and welcome to the latest edition of the CopCAD podcast. Um, I'll be your host, Dave Dunning, and tonight the talk through Brighton with a makeshift back four, a grinding 1-0 victory, and still top of the table. I've got Sam Evans over in Wales, um, guesting for us tonight, his first appearance. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Dave. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm just very excited. I'm very excited, irritating everybody, irritating the entire social media platform. It's I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, and also I've got with me Umara Naz over in London. Umara, how are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. Yeah, just a bit concerned how we're going to fill out a good um, lengthy pod with that ship game. <laughs> Not ship, but just boring. It wasn't very eventful, was it? No, it wasn't very eventful, but... Um, Listen, we've, we're well practiced at talking shit length, so I'm sure we'll be <laughs> true. fine. Um, true, that is true. Yeah, so um, we'll get straight into it. Um, away at Brighton, um, seemed like one of those games you would expect Liverpool to win. But actually, when you look underneath it a little bit, their home record's really, really good. Um, promoted before Saturday. Um, that was the first time they'd failed to score. Um, in 10 months at home um, and looking at the table before the weekend's fixes, they actually had the best home record outside the top six. So a lot more difficult um, than it might have been. Sam, what did you think of the approach that, that Klopp took um, and the team selection? Um, obviously Fabinho at centre-half had to deputise due to injury. Um, and the other thing that stuck out for me was Shakiri starting again. That's that's five starts in the last six games. Um, so how did you feel that we approached the game? And is that something now that you're getting used to from this side? Yeah, that, first of all, I was really happy to see Fabinho starting at the back. You know, after his um, performance against Wolves in the FA Cup, I, I was more than happy for him to step in. You know, I, I wasn't of the opinion we should be just throwing Matip back in there um, after his injury. He's someone that struggled a lot with injury problems. And the last thing we want to do is rush him back now and, and get him out for another couple of months, especially with Gomez still out. So, you know, I was really happy to to see him in there and I had full faith that he'd, he'd perform well. And as it turned out, he performed really, really well. And in regards to the setup itself, it was very cautious, but we are seeing that a lot this season from Klopp, where he's he's op, he's going for the option of he, he's got the full faith in the players that they are going to figure it out during the game. So he, he's going into some of these away matches first and foremost, making sure that we're solid, and then as the game progresses, he knows that we're just showing a bit more patience this season, and we will eventually grind up the chances and you know get enough chances then to make sure we get that win. What he actually mentioned that he referenced in his, his post-match press conference um, that he wanted the side to play low-risk football. So that, I know, has frustrated a lot of people, um, particularly the likes of Henderson and Wijnaldum have taken a lot of the flack for you know not moving the ball quickly enough, moving the ball sideways too much. Um, do you think that we do need to, in certain games, step it up a little bit more than that. Because I know that, you know, it wasn't the most exciting game. But do you feel that there was still another gear that we could have moved into? 
Absolutely. Yeah. That's the, the good thing about our team nowadays that it, as you said, that if, cause I didn't actually see the post-match press conference. Um, so to hear him say that actually fills you with hope that there is an extra gear, or even maybe a couple of extra gears that they can go on. And the fact that obviously, uh, we've got the best defensive record. He knows that we're going to keep the clean sheet as well, more than likely keep the clean sheet anyway. Obviously we have conceded some. That's inevitable. So I think that's kind of all part of the plan. He trusts the the defence to do their job and the attack will eventually do theirs uh, at some point in the game as well. So it's kind of like the whole package this time around, whereas before we were used to just throwing ourselves into attack um, and and we knew our defence wasn't great uh, pre the Spurs game last season. Um, you know, just conceding silly goals um, left, right and centre. But it, it's more of the, uh, the complete, the, this is probably the way Klopp wanted his team to play. And that is taking him a couple of years to get there. But that's that's where he's at at the minute. And yeah, he, you're going to get people criticising the fact that we're not playing the way that we used to or it's not exciting or it's not that. But it, there's a, a method to the madness. You know, that's the whole point. You can't just go into every game just gung-ho and it's not always going to work so you need to be a bit more disciplined a bit more um organized that's what champions if if that if you want to go to that next level then you're going to have to manage games which is what we're doing all these one nils that we have been um winning recently and tight games that we've been winning is a testament to how he's adapted the team um because and and like you said, if we can go up, we have got the potential to go up gears if we need to. Maybe we didn't need to so much against Brighton. You know, the one nil in the end was enough. Although we and we did miss a quite a few good chances. The Salah one springs to mind. Um, so you know, we could have easily had a few more. But yeah, definitely, I think this is kind of sort of that the whole package that you're seeing with Klopp as well. And it was really important to bounce back anyway after the two defeats that we had. The FA Cup one, maybe you could argue. It was kind of like a different world, wasn't it? That game. It was just. It was kind of separate from everything because of all the changes. And I don't think, although we wanted to 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 progress in the cup, I don't think anyone was really that bothered because we're doing so well in the league. This was our main thing. So to come back against a tricky team, Brighton, as you mentioned in your little um, talk before, when you said that they've got quite a good home record and and they were set up really well against us as well. So. You know, they were defensively organised, put a 4-5-1, so they were quite packed tightly. You know, the midfield was dropping into the defence whenever we, we were attacking as well. So it was a hard game to, to win that one. Um, and it was, it was, it was really good that we could eventually see it out in the end and, um, you know, just put the, the three points put the pressure back on on City who um, at the moment are playing and are doing quite well but um, yeah it's just and then uh, the fact that we got our penalty just after half time probably demoralised them quite a lot as well because you know they did quite well in that first half to keep us to keep it at nil nil and they worked quite hard so the fact that we then came out and got a penalty that pissed everyone off was quite nice everyone's still talking about it two or three days later so um, that's even more fun. So, yeah, it was just in general, just a really good way to kind of get back to winning ways and hopefully continue on here from now because the next few games are quite nice fixtures, dare I say. <laughs> you dare say, yes, you, you, <laughs> yes, you absolutely dare say, um, particularly with our, our results against, against that lower echelon of teams, if you would like. Um, Sam, 
Not a lot's been spoken about the game. Um, you know, I listened to some some review shows earlier on today, and probably had you know two of them probably had combined six minutes of talk about the match. Um, and most of it was about the penalty decision and, and Fabinho playing centre half. But how big a result do you think that was? I think it was a massive result purely because we, we've seen Man City when they had their first defeat and they, they had a little mini wobble. And you, you do see it very often where a team goes on a long unbeaten run, similar with Arsenal. Uh, once the, that unbeaten run gets broken, you do see a, a little, bit, little bit of a collapse and the team start to drop some points. So even though after the Man City defeat we did lose another game, it was only in the FA Cup. Even though it was uh, just an FA Cup game, it was two defeats in a row. So the narrative then with the media and everything started to build up that Ooh, Liverpool are starting to look shaky, they're starting to wobble. So even though I don't think the players felt like that, I think anything but a win in this game then would have led to more pressure being piled on to Liverpool. So I think Klopp knew that it was a really, really vital game for us to go in and win. And, you know, we haven't dropped a single point against any team outside of the top six this season so far. So there was no reason for us to believe that we were going to do so in this game. You know, just because we've lost to an excellent Man City team away from home in an incredibly even game... It doesn't mean that, you know, everything we've done for the previous 20 games counts for nothing. You know, we, we're, we're in this position on merit because we are, as Omara was saying now, an extremely well-balanced side now. We, you know, we're no longer just this attacking behemoth that's just going mad, throwing everyone forward and then leaving the back door open for goals to go in there. You know, we're a lot more measured now. We're a lot more balanced. And, and we just pick our moments. And I think that was the approach the Klopp went for in this game. And I think it's it's something that we need to just show our trust in the team. There's loads of evidence for us to look at now over this. You can see that they're figuring it out during the game. And where we're getting through these tough matches. And we have full faith that when we do get the lead in these matches, that we are going to hold on to that lead. And we are going to get the three points and, and take them home. So... You know, it's it's becoming more and more comforting that when we do take the lead, I'm no longer shitting my pants. <laughs> We're gonna just let it go because <laughs> previous to season, well, previous to when Van Dijk arrived, basically, um, I was always very nervous that we were going to be letting leads go. But but now we're in a position. I have so much faith in the guys. Van Dijk has made such a huge difference, especially and, and especially when you paired him with Allison as well. Now he they're bringing the guys around them up a notch, and it's it's so so nice to see. And I just think that we really need to just have more faith in 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 this team uh, than we currently do because I don't think the players are panicking whatsoever, and I think they're really really confident that they're going to keep going and keep picking up these three points. Yeah, there's a sense of trust and assurance you have with this team now that when they take the lead, that you're almost almost certain, and you can never be quite 100% certain, but you're almost certain that that is a position that 99 times out of 100 we can go on and win a match from. Um, and on that, um, Mo Salah has been so important. Um, 
you know, he's been he's been moved position. Essentially, he has had to learn a new role for the most part of the season. Um, we've debated on here, you know, where is he? Where is he best? Um, is he is he best playing through the middle? Is he best playing out from from the right hand side and cutting in and squaring people up? And you know, he does win the penalty um, from that sort of position when he when he bursts into the box from the right hand side of the pitch. But something that stands out for me is that you know he's 14 goals this season and nine of them have been the opening goal in a game. And the way this side now plays, the opening goal in a game is everything. And he has been absolutely critical to that style and that system and been able to capitalise on the defence that we now have. What do you do you think that, you know, at the sharp end of the pitch, and I know Klopp has said that, you know, he's looking for a centre forward in the summer. Do you think the way Salah's performed in that role this season and the way that he can move in the box and, and dribble in the box, close control him and win the penalty like he does? Um, and he does have that habit. And we even saw it when he was playing from the right-hand side of sniffing out chances that aren't necessarily there. And he does have what you would call a striker's instinct. Do you think that might change? I don't know if it would change anything. You know, we've as we've come to know with Klopp, he normally knows exactly what he wants and he knows well in advance that he wants it. I'm not sure he's the kind of guy to change his mind. Um, I mean, it remains to be seen what he does do because obviously if you look at, even if, if, even if our front three stay the same and he doesn't want to change anything, you, you still do need someone, you know, a, a, even a backup that is of equal or equal quality because if you know injuries changes in in um, the team or whatever that needs to happen because previously the drop-off has been really really quite significant that's that's been our downfall in the past maybe luckily these three haven't been injured but I still you know if he's looking for a centre forward then I don't think it will change anything I think it will just um, you know it will just be another addition to the team I don't know who he's going to find that will be or how he's going to fit fit them in exactly because obviously if you do put bring in a centre forward he's going to want to play um, and the style of the style that Klopp's playing at the minute he's got these three well worked into so I don't know how you know who knows who he's going to bring in and, and whether or not that person's going to get all the game time that they want so that's kind of all these little um, things to think about but yeah I'm, I'm not sure that he's it's going to change anything I think if he's got something in mind he's kind of guy who's probably going to stick with it anyway um, but yeah Salah's been so I mean in the beginning of the season we were all really critical of him weren't we even myself I remember he tweeting things like his passing is really sloppy and he wasn't he's I, not I, smiling I, when he's scoring goals he's not oh smiling, no yeah. what's wrong <laughs> he's not smiling does he want to leave <laughs> is Real Madrid knocking on the door I don't know is Ramos maybe you know having a word come over <laughs> but um yeah, no, he. I just remember his passing being sloppy, and then obviously with the the amount of goals that he was scoring, especially in the back end of last season, we were used to seeing him banging in like at least one or two goals every game. So when that wasn't happening, oh, there were all these silly questions, you know. It just it was just us being typically impatient fans, wasn't it really? And then you know he, now he's he's finding his form, and he, and as you said, his goals are important goals as well. Like yes, uh, the not yesterday, the day before when we did play Brighton, he. His goal, you know, it won the game essentially, but you still had people, um, you know, giving Van Dyke and people like that 
man of the match, which is all well and good and everything. Brighton didn't offer much though. So, um, you know, but then you've got someone at the other end of the pitch who was your match winner and could have easily got a couple of goals, really, to be honest, if he was a bit more clinical, could have got at least two. Um, so yeah, he's, he's getting back to that, the Salah of last season that we're used to. Um, but yeah, I wish he'd just smile a bit more. <laughs> so he doesn't scare the shit out of us that he maybe wants to leave or something. He's not happy. Uh, uh, no, Umar, you can't think like that. People have left before. <laughs> People have left before. And sure, we've, we've got Michael Edwards now, so I'm sure he's already got five or six replacements lined up. Um, I'm we sure don't, he's fine, yeah. I'm sure. We probably don't even know who these players are. Um, Sam, there's, you know, Umar's touched on a point there about, you know, Van Dijk getting getting, you know, people suggesting that he might have put in a man of the match performance. I know Fabinho you got a lot of plaudits. You, you talked yourself there about, um, you know, the importance of, of the parent as well with Alison. And, you know, they're all absolutely valid points. And you can't argue with the fact that, you know, since Van Dyke particularly and then Alison's come in, the defensive um, statistics have improved massively. In that formation that two in particular um i'm interested to know your thoughts on on jordan henderson and how he fits into that role because there's been a lot of debate around his performance and it's it's such you know he's so divisive um when it comes to liverpool fans opinions even you know within contributors to this podcast but on saturday it's it's 11 ball recoveries it's, it's three tackles one out of three tackles it's five out of seven aerial duels one you know, pass over a hundred passes. What's your opinion on how how he functions within that system and what he contributes to it? Or would you prefer to see potentially, you know, a Wijnaldum Fabinho axis there if you're playing the two in front? Yeah. Uh, before I get into that, regards to Salah leaving, Amara, don't panic. We we've just lost Coutinho a year ago, and you know we get Van Dijk and we get Alisson in. With that money, yeah, I've, I've got nothing but faith in this setup that Liverpool have now. And players come and go. It's all about the club. And, you know, I do grow to love the players. Don't get me wrong. I love Coutinho as a player. Same with Salah now. I think he's fantastic. But if he chooses to go, it's his, it's his own loss, to be honest with you, because I can't yeah. see a better no. club in the world. I was just joking, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know. But I just think it's, yeah. so, it's so positive at the moment. That yeah, this club is going in the right direction, and if a player doesn't want to be part of it, Klopp lets them go, and he moves on without them, and he becomes even stronger because of it. Because when they want to leave, it's usually when they're at the top of their game, and we're getting top dollar, and we're getting two boys in for that same money and strengthening even more. So um, yeah, I'm not worried about that. But uh, regards to Henderson, um, I, th- I think. Surely he's got to be underrated by us fans because you know, I'm the same. I, I look at him and I think, God, he, he's very one-dimensional. Um, he doesn't play penetrating passes, or you know, it, it does seem to be a very lateral and very straightforward, and plays very short passes, and he doesn't seem to be very brave. And and you do really see the difference when Fabinho steps in in the passing range that he has and, and the adventurous runs he goes on and, and tries to actually create something. Um, so the, that, that in itself makes you think he's a weak point in the team. But Klopp obviously has a lot of faith in the guy. He would not still have him 
as club captain right now if he didn't have faith in him. So he's obviously bringing something that's a little bit maybe maybe statistics you you can't really put down to statistics. And I think a lot of it is you know he's putting a lot of hard work in. There's no doubt about that. You know you can never say that he hasn't put his all into every game he's in. I think he's just he's someone that does the basics well. And if he's in there with the correct partner, he, he can function for this team. And I think Wijnaldum is someone who's been possibly our best midfielder so far this season. And I just think he's he's absolutely everywhere. And then he's someone that can plug the gaps in some of the flaws that Henderson does have in his game. Um, personally, I'm, I'm absolutely desperate for Keita to actually remember how to play football. I don't know what's going on with him. Um it, it's it's now mid-January and it is a slight concern that he still hasn't hit form. But Klopp is someone that he, he's buying players for the future and, and Kate is someone for the next five years, not for the next five months. So I think he's someone that eventually, in in tandem with Fabinho, is the future of this club. I really do still believe that, even though you know they've taken a bit longer to settle than we would have liked. But for the moment, I think Henderson is someone who's clearly must be a decent midfielder because he's someone that's taken us to the Champions League final and now to top of the league in the you know in the Premier League in two successive seasons. So I think it's safe to say that he's he's definitely better than maybe a lot of us think. But I think we can still definitely upgrade on the guy. That's can, probably... can I just say something on Keita just quickly while? I didn't understand that substitution at the end there because I remember thinking when he came on, shit, he's going to misplace a pass or something. And he said, that's exactly what he did. Um, so it was a bit of an odd one that, you know, when you're just, you've got a narrow 1 0 lead and you're bringing on oh, a guy God. who's you know, a bit dodgy. Did, yeah, I know. And he almost cost us. Yeah. And I, I, he's he's been a bit unlucky with injuries. It's been, been a bit stop start with him. But yeah, I, I agree. I think he's going to be one. Probably next season he's going to kick on now and hopefully maybe get some more games under his belt. But yeah, I can't wait for him to get going as well. But if he can just flip in past the ball, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, I, I really don't think it helped his momentum or confidence mm, yeah. plonking him in the, in the Wolves game as well. Because, you know, obviously it was a, a shadow side and he was up against, you know... Uh, Neves and Moutinho in there as well and and he was surrounded by either kids or players who aren't in particularly good form so I think that wouldn't have helped his confidence at all either and then yeah. what, what was it like a minute <coughs> left in the game when he put him on against Brighton so just didn't get that one at all but yeah <laughs> no, I, I'm so, totally with you on that one but uh, yeah, I, I do think he will eventually be a really really important player for this Liverpool side yeah, Ken is a strange one. Um, we spoke last week about how it might, it could almost be a blessing in disguise because, you know, in three, four weeks, he could just find his form. And then all of a sudden, we've got a huge weapon on our hands that we haven't had all season. Um, and with Oxide Chamberlain coming back, fingers crossed, and all the caveats that you need attached to that. You know, there's two players that essentially you didn't have for the majority of the year. Um, but yeah, you know, I watched him a bit at Leipzig last year when, when I knew we were sending him. And it's strange because he, he doesn't even resemble the same player um, this year. And I know his form dropped a little bit last year, but he was still, you know, playing levels and levels above above 
where he is now. But I suppose it re- it remains to be seen, and our record in the transfer market has been, you know, pretty much one hundred percent strike rate the last few years, last couple of years certainly. Um, so I can't imagine that this is going to be any different, given by the evidence that we have have in front of us. Um, Keita, um, you know, I was going to strangle him whenever he. <laughs> I, I was. I, I I nearly leapt across the bar. To, to grab him by the throat through the television because it's the last minute he's got the ball on the edge of the box and, and you're just thinking, you know, just do the sensible thing and, and, and keep possession, maybe running into the corner. It's 1-0, you know, but he passes the ball along the box, uh, along the edge of the box and, and, and sets up a, a counter-attack. Um, what... Do you think? Do you, do you have any idea what you think the problem might be is? Because you know, as as Sam's rightly says, the guy kind of needs to remember how to play football again. Do you think it's a confidence thing? Yeah, I think, and like I just said, I think he's he's, he's not really got going. Has he's played one game here and one game there, and then he's had a couple of injuries, and and then you know, there's, there if there have been any changes in our team, it's been in midfield, so. I just think he needs to adjust. I just think, and then, you know, the, the adjustment period, maybe he's not dealing with that that well. I think that's probably just it. I don't think he's suddenly forgotten how to play football, but it's probably just a, a couple of things, you know, adjust, adjusting to a different team, to a different style of play. The injuries haven't helped. So I just think it's all a, a, a few different things, um, really, just getting used to, you know, his teammates, which ones he's playing with. I don't think it's anything to be too concerned about, but yeah, it's just, it would be nice if he could. I just thought it's just a dodgy passing for me. And it's not the first time he's done it. He's done it a couple of times this season when he's been on, which just, like I said, I did not get that, that um, substitution at all. I remember thinking that in, I actually said it out loud to my son. I was like, Oh God, no, can that be, what's, what is he coming on for? Um, but yeah, luckily we didn't, concede otherwise that would have been awful to drop two points right at the end there um you know that could have been something that could have affected the season come you know come may you would maybe would have thought about that moment in that game so i'm glad it didn't happen but yeah it would be nice if he could um you know just uh, again it's about Klopp finding the the right games for him as Sam said you know the the Wolves game probably didn't help anyone to be honest <laughs> it, was, it was just that many changes a couple of kids come in um and Wolves were, were full strength um because I remember when we played them in the league I think they were missing was it Jota Jota the guy up front who was their main guy so he was back as well so you know you kind of felt that they were going to maybe beat us before and then with all the changes and then you had the guys who were at Sturridge already didn't just didn't perform very well so yeah bringing him into that game probably didn't help his confidence either so it's just how Klopp manages it all now so I'm sure it will come good um, hopefully this season definitely next season I'm hoping <laughs> well I'm sure when it happens it's going to be a whole lot of fun and just another another player to piss everybody off when they're all now starting to say that he's a flop and he's shit and then he just becomes the best player in the league and wins player of the year and will win the championship two years in a row. It's going to be great. Um, Sam, Trent didn't seem to get exposed as much as we, we thought he might um, and 
the concern was there that you know he he seemed to roll his ankle. Um, it would appear in the warm up before the game, stepped on the ball, rolled his ankle, um, and he didn't seem to be moving as comfortably as he did. Um, but the point I'm making here is a lot of people have kind of a lot of people have suggested that maybe you don't get as much from Trent as we could. We don't get as much from that right back position as we could. He's not blessed with massive amounts of pace. Um, you know, he, he doesn't quite have that ability to stand a man up and, and go past him. Um, and I think, you know, when you see Robertson on the other side, he's very different fullback, a lot more direct, um, you know, quick, pacey, energetic, can get to the byline. Um, and people have suggested that, you know, his long term future is in midfield. Because as we know, he, he he was a midfielder up until he, he made that step, uh, or just before he made that step into the first team. But do you think that you know he has a decision to make here? Um, you know, is he going? Does he see his his long term future in in midfield? Um, maybe playing in that eight, maybe playing in that ten role, or somewhere in between. Um, or do you think that? You know, he has the ability and and maybe will be encouraged to look at the likes of um, Philip Lamb and uh, maybe Kimmich as well now. Um, someone who has that ability to play midfield, but generally just become one of the best fullbacks in Europe. Yeah, when he first came in to the side, I was convinced he was going to be a midfielder, uh, you know, I don't know where this just because he was a young scouser coming into the team and uh, shades of Steven Gerrard, his, his technique, striking the ball and everything. I, he just looks like a midfielder. He was playing like a midfielder. But the more he plays, for me personally, I think he's an excellent right back. And I, I think he, you know, he will have a decision to make at some point, obviously, whether he's going to just stick to this now or or whether he, he's going to eventually try and make that step up into midfield. You know, you do find a lot of the time these younger players do get trialled at, at right or left back before they finally get their their position. Um, and I think with him, the way it's going at the moment, I can't see any reason for him to change position because I just think he, he's learning it as we go along now. He, that position is his own. You know, if he decided to change into a midfielder, he'd suddenly become a player that would be rotated in and out of the team. I think he's doing a great job of right back. As you said, he, he's slightly different to Robertson. He Robertson clearly is a left back and that's all he is. And he, you know, he's never going to play in another position. Um, I think Trent is a more talented footballer um, than Robertson overall. But I, I get what you're saying, that the, the direct running is is absolutely ideal for wing backs. So that's something that Robertson does have on him. But, you know, make no mistake about it. Trent has got plenty of pace to burn. That guy has got plenty of pace. So don't you worry about that. It's something that maybe he'll develop as he gets older now. Um, maybe he'll learn to, you know, beat the man a bit better or, or make the better decision. But at this moment in time, I, I think he's got a fantastic cross on him. You know, for example, in this game itself, um, he set up that really good chance for Shakiri on the head. And if you're able to pick out Shakiri for a header in the box, it's got to be one hell of a cross <laughs> because that guy is is the shortest guy on the pitch. And he's managed to pick his head out for 
an excellent chance and that was the best chance that we'd carved out at that point in the game and it was pinpoint and I think Shakiri would be extremely disappointed that he didn't put that one away so personally mate I'm, I'm not worried about Trent at all I think in this game specifically and and it seemed yeah. like we were channeling the ball to the left more intentionally I think um, I saw some stats knocking about that, that, that Robertson actually had the ball nearly double the amount the Trent did in this match and obviously that's not something you know usually we'll try to be a balanced side and, and shift the opposition back and forth but in this game specifically we really did seem to go right we'll go down the left as much as we can and and let Trent kind of you know give him an easier ride because he'd obviously picked up that knock before the game um, apparently Trent you know they asked him if he was okay and he stepped up and said yeah let, let's, let's play so when it's that close to the game, when the alternative was to have to drop maybe Milner in at right back or something, I think they made the right call. And I think he did, you know, he performed admirably, especially considering that he's got that injury. And we, we do forget because he's, he's now settled in and part of the furniture. He's still a really, really young player. So he's got so much more to give and I think he's just going to continue to develop and I really do think he's a, he's a special player that's really going to blossom at this club Yeah I, I I do agree with you I think that that he has the potential to absolutely make that right back position his own and you know be one of those players that that is versatile and you know if you're playing in the, if you're playing on a side like that and, and Fabinho showed it you don't need you don't need to be a, a specialised defender to play in that team but but he has all the quality to, you know, the 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 goal against Manchester City, I think, is all the evidence that you really need. Um, and that full-back to full-back pass that, that that he's able to play with the quality that he has and and that, that driven flat pass that he has to get the ball there, you know, all that little bit quicker um, is absolutely critical to, to the way that we're set up at the moment, especially when, when teams do sit deep um, and we're not playing, you know, that really direct counter-attack in football. So I hope that that he can grow and develop in that role. Um, but I suppose it may be encouragement from the manager. It, it may be a decision of, of his own to make. He may look at something like, you know, his opportunities in, in the national team and think, you know, where am I, where am I going to get, get a better spot? Who knows um, what's, what's on the boy's mind, but you're right. He's, he's a very, very young player and, you know, it's going to be five years before we see the best of him, at least. And that's that's an exciting thought when you think about how good he is now. Um, so, yeah, a 1-0 win. Um, and to be fair, Umar totally, totally dominant. They they didn't um, they didn't create a chance. Um, they hardly touched the ball inside our penalty area. Um, they've, they've no shots on target. We defend on the halfway line and, and we play a game of football in in, in one half, basically. Um, it's exciting. But on to Palace then, bit of a different proposition. Um, I think that Brighton probably struggled a little bit with regard to chance creation because they don't have that pace um, to get out um, the way Palace do with Zaha and Townsend on the counter-attack. They don't have that really in their armoury especially starting with the likes of, of Glenn Murray through the middle. You're hoping that he can hold the ball up um, and, and link play up. But when you've got Van Dijk there, that's, that's pretty much impossible to do, as we've seen. So do you think that we'll see something similar 
do you hope to see a, an actual centre-back playing at centre-back <laughs> as opposed to Fabinho as well as he did? But yeah. I think that, that type of game certainly suited him when, when we're penning a team in for the majority of the game and, and what they've, all they've really got is high balls into the box. And, you know, he's a big guy. He, he, can, win, he can win the ball in the air. and he, he doesn't struggle in that department. But, you know, would you hope to see Maddox back um, for that game based on the, the different type of proposition that we have? Yeah, I think so. Um, as good as he was for Bino, the calls for him to be a permanent centre-back were a bit premature. I know Lovren has his issues and Matip has his injury issues, and that's, but you'd still prefer a proper centre-back there. So, yeah, I think I, Matip will probably start, I'm thinking, because he was on the bench, so that means that he's almost there. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully Fabinho can fit back into his uh, midfield role that he does so, he's been doing so well in recently. But yeah, the, the Crystal Palace obviously going to be a bit more adventurous than maybe Brighton were. So uh, you're going to have to, if, you know, Fabinho could struggle there. So like I said, he, although he, he did very well, there wasn't very much um, coming at him. Uh, I think there will be a lot more of that again um, when, when we play Palace. We're at home, aren't we? We yes. are. We are. Okay, brilliant. Yep. So, yeah, so probably Matip will be back. Uh, any little tweaks again in midfield, that's it really. And then the rest will stay the same. But yeah, Crystal Palace, they have been not maybe so recently, but in the past given us some problems. Um, and they did, they did beat City this season. So they're not anyone, anything to be, um, taken easily. But we are at home. Um, and we have been brilliant at home. So I'm hoping that, you know, it's going to be another good win. But, uh, you know, it's, they're all, all these matches are hard now. There's no kind of easy matches anymore at all. So you've just got to, um, you've just got to be 100% focused and concentrating on every point. And it's just everything. Yeah. So I think that, um, I'm not sure exactly what midfield he might play, but, you know, I would, I'd love to see Fabinho Wijnaldum. In there, and I do like um, the four-two-three-one that we play rather than four-three-three. So yeah, um, hopefully that will be another another good win. Okay, Sam, what do you think? Um, it's a funny one. Um, they, they, there's not a lot of teams down that end of the table that that have the armory they do going forward, and particularly in Zaha. So they're. They're a different type of side than, you know, your Newcastles and your, um, your Brightons and your Watfords and, and teams like this. Would you prefer to have a centre half there? And more pertinently, um, security started five out of the last six games. I know our record is, is, uh, is pretty much flawless. Um, when he starts, I think it's 10 out of 10. But do you expect to see Kyrie get some games, um, particularly based on, on the number of minutes Kyrie's had in the pitch recently? Yeah, well, I, I totally agree with Amara there. Um, in regards to Kate, first of all, I think you know he's, he's going to have to start getting minutes at some point. But you know, after that cameo and after the world, maybe throwing him straight into the starting lineup isn't the best option right now. I think I probably. You know, give him half an hour at the end of a game and, and slowly kind of build him back into the team and build his confidence back up, hopefully in a position when we're already winning by two or three goals. Um, regards to the centre-back issue, personally, I would definitely want, want to put Matip back 
in a centre back than Fabinho has been. It's just a case of I really, really want Fabinho in that midfield. I, I just think it's so important to our attacking style, especially when we're at home now, that we're really going to have to get at this Palace side. And we know Hodgson, he, he likes to be organised. That's one thing he does like to try and do with the team. So it's it's something that we're really going to need. So I, I'd really like to see Fabinho in that midfield for this game. Um, Zaha, definitely, you know, he's going to be a danger man. We, we didn't have much pace to have to deal with against Brighton so that's going to be a totally new challenge and you know fingers crossed Trent's nice and rested ready for that game and and, and able to actually put up a good fight against him but you know generally now when it comes to the midfield personally I I always think of the midfield our best midfield not containing Henderson but you just know that he's gonna he's gonna pick the guy as long as he's fit, because he's the captain of this team. And he obviously does bring something that maybe we're not seeing. So, you know, Fabinho, if, if they go for a three in midfield, it's probably dropping Shakiri out of the lineup for this one and maybe using him as an impact sub for this game. As you said, he's picked up a lot of minutes recently. And when you get to a point like that, that's when injuries start to happen. So maybe if they're going to go for a three, I'd have Fabinho Henderson and Wijnaldum in there together and see how we get on. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, prediction? Just for shits and giggles? <laughs> oh, go, on, go on, Amara. You go for it. Oh, first. no. Um, <laughs> oh, Amara hates predictions. <laughs> I always get them so wrong. Everybody um, gets them wrong. That's why the bookies doesn't get the bus home. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-0 to do. <laughs> All right, confident, confident prediction no, from Amara really. there. That, that did not sound confident. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. <laughs> but there's a good. I like the prediction though. That's oh. Okay, the score is what we want. Yeah. I pers- personally, I was going to go for three nil. So um, I, I, I've got a lot of faith in this team at the moment, and we're at home. And we've got that win under our belt now. We've we've you know blown away the cobwebs of that Man City defeat, and you know we're going in again with the advantage of playing first. So I think we're really you know before Man City get to play. I mean, so I really think we're going to want to go in to this now and lay down a marker and put the pressure back on City. You know, City have, have won today now again, so they're back within four points. Let's put it back up to seven again. And we're just slowly going to grind down Man City until they're going to have to give up. So, yeah, another 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 comfortable win for the Reds, hopefully. Good enough. So, um, this is annoying a lot of people, isn't it? It's annoying loads and loads of people. Fans of all different types of um, persuasions. Um, some of them, I don't think, even support Premier League clubs. But we, we keep on winning and we keep on grinding out results in inverted commas um, and we do keep on putting the pressure on City and we don't really you know I hate sounding like confident and cocky because you're just waiting for the next slip up whenever you do that but I'm, I do feel that safe with this team that it just doesn't really look like it's going to happen you know that's not to say that it isn't but it doesn't really look like it's it's going to happen how much fun are you having just winding everybody up and everybody getting upset 
and everybody putting out just ridiculous statistics and slow motion videos and freeze frames of oh. supposed dives and and um, things like this. Well, the best one was after the Brighton game when uh, I think there was a, some Brighton account. It wasn't the official one, but someone one of the accounts went a bit crazy. Oh, you know, might as well give the FA uh, the uh, sorry the Liverpool the league now. The FA have fixed it because of the penalty. I think they were, um, although it was a stonewall penalty, so I have no idea what anyone was disputing there. But yeah, they that was a quite funny one as well. Um, and yeah, the, the, I think we've had four penalties penalties in the last maybe month or so, and that's pissing everyone off. Although we didn't have one for about 400 days, no one you know really looks at that point. But you know, the couple of penalties that we've got recently, and Salah has just become the worst person in the world now terrible human being that he is now he dives everywhere and, and cheats and steals and lies and murders and <laughs> whatever else he does but yeah it's, everyone's and all the racists are coming out i saw one of this today being quite horribly racist toward most of us well, so that's nice it just kind of filters out the shit really doesn't it um but yeah it's, it's really nice to see uh i think the majority of neutrals i think i still would still like to see liverpool win it but you've got those ones that, that we've pissed off along the way, like Brighton, uh, etc. That they just, they just, you know, they want Man City to win it. I think a lot of teams, a lot of uh, sort of the the teams that we traditionally hate us, you know, like obviously United, Everton, and, and City, and all these kinds of ones, they don't want us to win it because obviously it would be the one after what 28, 29 years that we we haven't won. So and City have won it in the last five years so it's not a big deal if they win it again so us winning would piss them off even more so you know those are the ones that maybe you who are backing city to win it but yeah it's just it's really nice to see people getting really pissed off at our success at the minute it's just again like you said we're winning tight games you know with with a few shitty decisions um which is nice it makes them even more upset so yeah, brilliant. Long may it continue. As long as we keep sticking the points on the board, I couldn't give a shit, really. It's with entertainment, isn't it? Free entertainment. Yeah, it absolutely is. Sam, are you, are you enjoying this social media meltdown? Yeah, well, it's it's brilliant. One of my mates actually texted me this week and they said, you are the new Man United. <laughs> and I, I said, well, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, we haven't won anything yet or whatever. And, but, but what he meant was, not only are we you know, ruthlessly winning most games, but also everyone bloody hates us. <laughs> and it, it, and I was like, this is brilliant. You know, we've been waiting for this for so long that we are now in this position where we're such a ruthlessly efficient side. Everyone hates it. And, and that, that's what happens. You know, when you're at the top, everyone wants to shoot you down. And the, it isn't helped when the media narrative with Salah, they keep banging on about him diving. What I think every one of those penalties were legitimate penalties, and it, it, it's bonkers. And then you're not seeing the same witch hunt against Harry Kane, who is a much worse diver um, than Salah is. You know, it, a lot of these players now they are going down. Obviously, the contact doesn't mean that they're going to hit the deck, but in football, it's, it's more than accepted across the board if someone kicks you in the box you go down and that's totally fine it's their own fault they've kicked you in the box and that's exactly what's happening with Salah and you know they're talking like we're getting loads of penalties as you said 
um, the Andrew Beasley tweeted this week, and he, he'd given a list of uh, the amount of Premier League penalties we've won since Christmas Day, and um, in 2017 Christmas Day, <laughs> and we've only had six penalties since then. And obviously, we've had four of them in the last month or so, as you said, uh, Omara. So it's absolutely bonkers. They're, they're they're just concentrating on this short, just kind of hot streak of us getting penalties. We've never been getting penalties for a really long time. In that same period, Crystal Palace have had 12. And, you know, we're a team that are always on the attack, always in the ascendancy. We'd, we'd expect us to have at least treble the amount that Crystal Palace have. So I think that whole thing, you know, the, the referees are with us and getting away with diving is clearly a load of bullshit. Um, I think Man City today, for instance, now have had a really dodgy penalty given to them. Um, they've had a red card given against them for a foul which is pretty identical to what company did against us and they got away with it, you know. I think there's no witch, there's no bias with these referees, it's just their shit. Uh, I think that's Yeah, and that is fair though because there's, there's not a lot of them are... There's not a lot of them that are even very good, never mind, or, yeah. or even any good. Yeah, I think yes, I think it's a combination of them being shit and also the job being really, really difficult. Um, it's it's something that you get a snapshot of, and if there's a you know a player in in your line of sight or whatever, or, or if it's happened really quickly, it they so often get the decision incorrect, and you know I think. The sooner VAR comes in, the better, because as a team like Liverpool, who are usually in the ascendancy, they're usually then going to get the majority of the decisions because they're putting the pressure on the opposition. So I think when VAR comes in, I think that's all that's going to do is actually strengthen the the stronghold that the top six do have on the league rather than anything else. And, you know, personally, it's something I'm going to welcome because last season I was tearing my hair out with a lack of penalty decisions that this club were getting. You know, the, the example, which was absolutely bonkers, was that Tottenham had more penalties at Anfield last season than Liverpool did. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, and that was due to Harry Kane's diving and uh, Lamella going flying as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's brilliant, mate. You know, the, the whole point is at this moment in time, people hate us because we're at the top and it's because we're doing really well and they just want to, do anything they can to put us off, put pressure on the team, and they're just really hoping that they're going to slip up again. But at this moment in time, I'm looking at the team, and none of those boys are wavering. And, you know, we're, we're yet, as I touched on earlier, we're yet to drop a single point against a team outside the top six. We've got Crystal Palace coming down next, and there's absolutely no reason why we should be dropping points against them either. Yeah, I think that's I think that's ab- all all absolutely spot on. Um, I think there's two things just before we wrap up. There's a funny parallel here um, with with Salah and and the recent penalties and that huge spell we went without one. It's similar to Suarez. I think if my memory doesn't fail me, which to be fair it often does, where we went for a, such a long time without getting a penalty with Suarez getting kicked left, right and centre in the box. And then all of a sudden we became penalty pool. And there's a funny little, um, there's a funny little parallel to be had there. Um, so yeah, if it goes the same way it did then, then I'll, you know, with the number of penalties we get, I'll be happy enough. Um, and 
lastly, yeah, um, I think Crystal Palace is no reason why we can't beat that side. Um, we we lost to Wallace City, yeah, we had a weird FA Cup result at Wolves with a really strange team, um, and then a one nil single penalty goal win away at Brighton. But in our last three home games, we scored three, uh, four, and five against teams that. Let's be honest, not very many sides score three, four, and five against them. Um, so I expect something similar on Saturday. And, well, I, I hope I'm right. And I rarely am, which is why I never gamble on Liverpool. Um, but anyhow, um, anything to anything before we wrap it up you want to touch on? Not really, no. Just um, let's just go on another unbeaten run till the end of the season. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a good shout. I'll I'll go with that. Um, Sam, anything to 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 add before we finish things up? Um, yeah, just on the, the the whole penalty pool thing, that was a bit mad, wasn't it? It was um, funny. I loved it. Oh, penalty pool. It's just it doesn't really fit. It's so really, shit. It's so shit. I know. It's it, hilarious. It's, re- it's it's really shit. But I was just I was loving it at the time because. Bring on the penalties. We've been so unlucky with penalties. It's been ridiculous. There's been some sort of weird voodoo going over us that we have not been getting those decisions. So um, maybe Salah, right, he went through a phase. He would never go down. He was getting kicked the shit out of and and he was staying on his feet. So maybe he's just kind of wised up to the, the, the fact that we don't get penalties if you get kicked in the shins and you stay in your feet. So he's, he's just being a bit more wise about it maybe. And, you know, we're getting the penalties. But the, the bit I wanted to just touch on briefly was that, that his penalty-taking technique seems to change. It's still, still Cause, terrible. Because, yes, I think he's a crap penalty-taker. And I don't understand why Fabinho isn't taking them. Uh, maybe when he's he's a permanent fixture in the midfield that he will end up being because he had an exceptional record at Monaco. Uh, even though he did miss his only penalties taken for us in a friendly at the start of the season. Um, Salah is Salah a crap penalty taker, did you say? Yeah, yeah. His penalty I, technique's awful. Yeah, I, but I don't who cares if the guy did. Yeah, <laughs> he's, been, he's been scoring them recently, right? But it, it, he has had a lot of really ropey penalties. But I think what's improved in his penalty taking, and I hope he continues with this, with this in this vein, is that before he was just trying to place them subtly, and then if the goalie guessed correctly, it, it was a save, and there's, there's no chance of it being a goal. Now he's just putting his laces through it. He's absolutely and absolutely wellying it. I tell it's you, the Alan Shearer. It. It's the Alan Shearer penalty taking technique, isn't it? And I'm for that that's, all day long. That's exactly what I said on another pod. I said he's he basically decided I'm just gonna twat it. Um, and <laughs> and the thing is, if the if the keeper does guess the right way, then there's still a really good chance he's still not saving it because mm. he's hit it so hard in the corner yeah. that. Even if you guess the correct way, it's going in. So I hope he continues in that vein. You know, just pick a corner. Don't worry about trying to dummy him. None of this Pogba, goose step, dancing, malarkey. Just slam it in a corner. And, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to end up in the back of the net. So, um, yeah. it, it, or I the goalie's losing his hands on one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think the, the, keeper, the keeper got hands on his last two penalties against Arsenal and against Brighton. And... Yeah. You couldn't even really tell at at you know at first sight because he had hit so hard 
So yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of just twatting it into the net as you so eloquently put. <laughs> <laughs> so just yeah. going on from penalty pool, we're now diver pool. Did you see that one today? I saw that one today. Dive Someone calling us diver pool. I think that's probably should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Pool diver. But anyway. <laughs> um, okay, um, guys, thanks very much. Amara, thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure. Hope to see you on again. And that's. That's it from us, so we'll we'll see you after the after the palace game up the Pest Boiling Reds. Cheers.